Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Don't change your sets, folks. Yes, rugby league twice in one week on uh, New Zealand Sports Radio. Don't change your sets. Normal service will resume next week. Don't worry, folks. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us for the second time this week. As Paul said, um, for episode 25, season two of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Uh, good evening, Richie. Uh, good to see you again. Um, another good weekend of footy. Uh, a couple of blowouts with a handful of tight tussles and another Warriors win. Um, what do you think of the round? Hey, Brad. Second time I'm on with you this week, so <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, yeah, the round was uh, pretty enjoyable. Uh, some, Like you say, some closer results than what we've been used to this year. Um, hi, Mark. Mark's liking your bush shirt already. Yeah, um, I, I, I had enough shame from all of you um, on Monday night that I decided to pull it out of the cupboard. <laughs> Brett, you're a brave man. I, I actually like the shirt as well. Too. I'll, I'll put it out there. Um, and we had a Warriors win. So, yeah. How good. How good. Yeah. And while we're live here on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., you can also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week. We'll review their round 22 matches and our picks. Then we'll stop and answer some questions from all of you guys, um, as well as some we've got for ourselves. Um, before previewing round 23 and making our picks and then time pending, Hopefully we can finally get into some Super League after a couple of weeks of going a bit long. Um, so, yeah, remember to send comments and questions throughout the show, and we may as well just jump straight into the top stories, Richie. Let's go, mate. Uh, first one, um, I thought we'd talk about your dad for a sec. So um, Peter <laughs> Peter Sterling is um, retiring from being an on-air pundit um, with Nine. He's been with Nine for 27 years, obviously had a, had a great footy career before that as well um but any thoughts on your dad giving it up now yeah look being a close relative of mine i'm 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 maybe a bit biased but i've always enjoyed uh sterlo's work no matter what show he's popped up on and he's a you know he like you say he's a great player and he's always come across like 
uh, one of the guys with a lot of knowledge. So, uh, do you know what he's? I didn't actually catch what he's going on to do, but um, I think he's just retiring and um, just calling it a day. Period. Um, I know he decided on his own terms. It wasn't a situation of being pushed out. I know. I've heard that nine weren't that happy that he was deciding to go, but um, he he's apparently quite for the idea of bringing in younger talent and um, yeah. giving the younger talent a bit more time to shine, um, which, yeah, full credit well, look, to him for that. Look, when you're a hardcore Parramatta man and they haven't done anything since 86 and it's already made him lose his hair, you know, I don't blame him for wanting to hang it up. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, good luck for whatever he, he wishes to do. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure he'll he'll give us a couple of insightful um, comments on the sport before he before he hangs up the microphone. Um, next bit of news is not as great. Um, Andrew Fafida um, was in an induced coma um, after fracturing his larynx um, in his game against the Knights in the weekend um pretty horrible stuff and um he's he's actually had a successful surgery and expected to make a full recovery which is great news um they were trying to pinpoint the moments that happened there was a few moments where um you saw um knights players running with the ball and him getting forearms to the throat um it could have been one of those times they've deemed there was no foul play involved um just a, a nature of the beast thing um, he's probably going to end up with a, a Darren Lockyer voice now. Um, they all do, but yeah, horrible to see. Um, no, no thug quotes from me for this one. Um, it's quite a serious matter. Um, but yeah, good to see that he, he's on the mend. Um, what do you think of it? It looked like scary stuff on the sidelines. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He he wasn't looking the best, was he? Um, and it just shows how how brutal this game can be. Um, especially up in the front line there. Um, so, yeah, thoughts out to Big Andrew. Um, nice to hear his surgery went well, and, and hopefully he'll be on the road to recovery, for a nice quick recovery. Yeah. And um, uh, we've got James Maloney on the news next. He's uh, announced his retirement at the end of the year, um, has had quite a quite a great career, Um Played with the Storm, the Warriors, the Roosters, the Sharks, the Panthers, and the Catalan Dragons. Winning premierships with um, the Sharks and the Roosters. Um, Catalans are, are number one in the Super League right now. So he's probably highly likely to, to end his career winning um, the Super League over there with them too. So um, obviously uh, got a, a soft spot for him for his time with the Warriors. And I think... Coming to the Warriors is what kind of jump-started everything for him because he was uh, a Mr. Nobody when they announced his signing. I, I had no idea who the hell he was when he joined the Warriors, and he really um, got himself in the spotlight with his time here, which led to people actually appreciating how good a player he was, and you saw that with the success he had wherever he went after. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. He didn't get that um, that grand final win with the Warriors when he was here, but um, at least he got a couple to his belt um, after he left us. What are what are your thoughts on on the the funny character calling it a day? Oh, he's a magnificent player, mate. I was a huge fan while he's at the Warriors, and and 
retained that soft spot for him even when he left. Uh, just a ultimate competitor, you know, he, he, very competitive bloke and, and won pretty much wherever he went, like like you said, apart from apart from getting the, the grand final one here with us. But nice to see you conveniently, conveniently left out his state of origin win as well. <laughs> um yeah so yeah i don't i don't recall that don't recall him did, did he win some origin did he um, oh, it's probably that, hard to remember because it was surrounded by eight years of uh not winning for my team but yeah here we are but yeah he he can't have everything go his way so the fact he had to play new south wales is probably a low light for him but you know we'll get there <laughs> We'll get there, but yeah, um, I'm not sure what his plans are after football. I know he, he's going to head back to Australia, but I don't know if he's going to segue his, his career into um, a coaching role or if he's going to end up on, on being one of the players that retires and starts commentating and that. I think he, he's got a personality on him, so I think he could do all right there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I guess he's probably going to take some time out first before he makes the next plan. So um, good luck to him on that. And um, next bit um, next bit of news, we had Connor Watson. Um, there's nothing official yet, but there's rumours he's rejected um, a contract offer from the Knights and has told his teammates that he's going back to the Roosters on a two-year deal. Um, big news there, I... I know he he's been quite good for the Knights, yeah. But I guess with um, a few positions opening up at the Roosters with the the retirements and that, maybe he's looking at potentially moving into becoming a full time hooker with the Roosters. Complete speculation on my part, um, or he he could end up just being a utility like he's kind of been used at the Knights. Um, what are your thoughts on that rumor, and where do you think he'd play if he does end up at the Roosters? I think he is a <laughs> nice one, Mark. Yeah, I think Jimmy Maloney will become a barbecue chef. He's good at that. Uh, back to Connor Watson. Yeah, he has been good, and I think he is really good in that utility role. So I think I thought it was um, official, Brad. So maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it is just a rumor, but. Um, yeah, I, I think it's of, it's basically all, all, all but a hundred percent confirmed. But, yeah. yeah. Um. So I kind of thought when when he goes back to the Roosters where he, where he originally came from, he he might end up in a similar sort of role there. Um. But yeah, he's classy in that role anyway. He he can cover a couple of different positions and ideal sort of player for the game as it is today. You know. Um, yeah. He can cover a bunch of spots. Uh, can can ball play he's big enough to play lock forward so um yeah very handy player and and another good pickup for the rooster sombrero all right it is confirmed it is apologies there i'm on the rooster's website now he he's um it was announced last night um after i jinxed the the country into lockdown i kind of went off Mm. keeping an eye on the news there so apologies to everyone for that um, and good to see you here, Simon. Um, you asked about the update on Andrew. So we just covered that um, he had surgery and they said it went well and they're expecting a full recovery. So um, good news on that front for Andrew. Um, next bit of news, um, Sean Johnson has been granted immediate release from the Sharks to return back to New Zealand. Um, 
obviously his injury was seeing him out for the season. So he couldn't really do anything for them on the field. So good to see that they've let him come home early. It's not really the best time to come back to New Zealand, but um, it's good to see that he's able to come home. Uh, by the looks of things, he might have to come back for a spell and then move back over to Australia to play another year over there. Um, but yeah, good to see that he's getting to come home, bring his, his little girl home. Um, I know the grandparents haven't had a lot of family time with the little baby, so they get to have a bit of that now, which is good to see. And um, good to see him leaving the Sharks on good terms as well. So yeah, good to see him coming back happy, which is a bonus for us potentially next year. Yeah, hundred percent. I wonder if Paul Kent's going to have a have a dig about him, like he did. I yeah for Roger. I I don't think he will just due to the fact that he was injured. I think if he yeah. was fully fit, he probably would. And um, Mark's mentioned as well um, that Johnson wasn't in the um, the bubble with the team, so it does make sense to release him. Yeah, he wasn't, and he was basically just sitting at home, um, yeah. like everyone is now. Um, so, yeah, made sense to let him go. And um, last bit of news before I get on to a big one. Um, Moses Mbai is officially signed with the Dragons until the end of 2023. So we talked about it last week that it sounded like it was almost a done deal. It's now been confirmed. Um, Moses is a bit of a divisive player with a lot of people. Um, but what are your thoughts about him joining the Dragons? Yeah, he's a solid enough player. He's not going to be, the, in my opinion, not the kind of player that's going to go over there and make the Dragons a title contender or anything. But, um, yeah, you know, it's a handy enough pickup for the Dragons, at least for their depth. Um, and they've picked up a few pretty decent names now for next year. So, you know, help them avoid that spoon that Brad so badly wants them to win. They're going to get it. They're going to get the spoon. <laughs> I'll, I'll put my name on the line now. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think he, his biggest problem was the pay packet. I think mm, he, he was getting paid quite a lot at the Tigers and wasn't living up to their level. And um, yeah. And like, as Mark said here, um, you still don't know what his best position is. Yeah. I think that's, that doesn't help. Um it's kind of a habit with the Tigers at the moment um, where you've got players flicking around in different positions. Um, I don't know if they potentially going to see him as a fullback. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, they've got Ramsey that could go into fullback as well um, to fill in for, for Dufty that's leaving, but Moses can play there too. Could move into the, the halves. It'll be interesting to see. And um, we just got to wait and see what, what Anthony Griffin does there but that is actually an interesting segue into my last news topic um anthony griffin was one of several coaches um that questioned the referees after this round um there was anthony griffin trent barrett and josh hannay from the dragons bulldogs and sharks respectively they all questioned specific calls and the losses that their team suffered and um graham ellersley um, came out and hit back at the coaches this week about the decisions. I've got some um, little snippets of what he said, but he said um, the calls that they questioned could be classed as marginal, but if you ask the opposition team fans 
on that call. They would agree with the referee. Um, he stood by the referee's decisions as well. And he said, instead of um, when you're hearing about these complaints about the refs, you're also not hearing from the coaches about the, he put some stats out. He said there's on average 30 ineffective tackles a game, 20 handling errors a game and 60 missed tackles a game. He said those seem like quite big statistics that could lead to your team not doing well. Um, so it's, I thought it would be an interesting one to end our news on because I can see his point, but I also think the referees are shocking at times too. Um, specifically in Warriors games, no, no conspiracies there, but, mm. um, yeah. What do you, what do you think? Do you, do you appreciate his, I do can, you, um, appreciate his comments or do you think there's like a bit of a, a gray area? I can see both sides of the coin a little bit. I, I understand where Annesley's coming from, um, a wee bit and, and look at the, coaches that are complaining it's none of the top teams are they so it's, it's teams that aren't traveling well like the bulldogs so and i don't think yeah. trent barrett i don't think trent barrett had a leg to stand on to be honest with you what he was complaining about uh, maybe he had a few shandies before the game i don't know but um josh hannay's one i i can a couple of the comments he made i can kind of understand like um I think there was one where the Sharks got penalised for pushing the Knights back in goal, and and pretty much the ref called it held straight away, even though they were they were pushing him back and no momentum had stopped, and that that was a pretty big call in the context of the game and of a close game. But yeah, there's times where not just me, I'm sure you as well, Brad, and we probably do it together over messaging each other when we have a dig at these refs and and the apologies we get on Monday mornings. Yeah. Yeah, and they do get things wrong. But yeah, um, when I listened to Trent Barrett's post-conference and he was blaming the refs, everything he said the refs got wrong, I was actually siding with the refs. Yeah, same. Huge disclosure, they were playing the Warriors, so I probably <laughs> one-eyed there. But um, the the contact to the head call, um, the tackling, Ryan James tackling Chanel um, when he was kicking... I thought they were legitimate calls, especially if you fast forward or rewind a week when Chanel got penalised for attacking the kicker. Yeah. Um, it was, I didn't agree with that call because I thought it was kind of, he was already in momentum and he didn't really um, hit him too hard. Um, like, you know, they both popped up pretty quick where um, Ryan James. He followed through. Kinda, he followed through, he carried him like a baby and then back slammed yeah. him. Um, so yeah, I don't, I couldn't see the defense there, um, but yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta work on all, all these teams at the bottom, Warriors included, um, are just missing too many tackles, dropping the ball, they're all those silly little errors. If they sort that out, um, they'll put themselves in the driver's seat to get the win, and then you can complain about the ref if you get, um, get some dodgy calls. Mm. But yeah. Uh, Interesting to see how that develops if those same coaches or other coaches clap back in press conferences at the end of this round about referee performances. But um, that's all we really had for the news. I wanted to cut it down from every little bit, so I went for the main ones that I thought. So we may as well just kick straight into the, the round review. Sure. Um, first one was Thursday night with the Storm defeating the Raiders 26-16. to 16. Um 
it was a lot closer than I would have predicted. Um, thought it was really gritty, but I, I got a bit of um, pushback on my comments on this um, in the weekend where I said it looked like the Storm were only doing the bare necessities that they needed to get the job done. Kind of, it's very unstorm-like, but kind of like they've got their eyes on um, further down the track and they, they knew how much they had to do to get a performance and a result and they didn't try to push it. Um, but uh, what, do, what did you think? Yeah, I, no, I'm with you there. I don't know who pushed back on you, Brad, but uh, the Storm kind of look, didn't look their complete clinical self like they have the past however many weeks or majority of the season. You know, they were um, there were periods there they were letting the ball bounce uh, off bombs and, and just didn't look as sort of polished as they have done. Um, but they they did what they did and they they do what they do they they still find a way to win the game even with some the bare necessities look at that nice one paul um i think the the raiders still put up a pretty gritty performance uh so it's not all just the storm being off off a step i think that the raiders put in a good fight and and jack whiten showed some good form laying on three tries for bailey simonson and and you know they, they fought hard so but it was a good game because of the closeness of the game and, and you know, just not surprised with the result because the Storm usually still find a way to win those arm wrestles. Yeah, and um, I thought I thought the Raiders started well. Um, they got the first try and then the Storm just clicked into first gear and they ran away on a 24 lead. Um, but for the Raiders, I thought Jack Whiten had one of his better games for them yeah, in some time. He was, um, he was, uh, was kind of integral in their attempt at a comeback. Um, Bailey uh, Simonson got a hat trick as well, which was good to mm. see. Um, which got them um, just I think they were they were like four behind at that point, and then um, the Raiders' discipline let them down. Um, a couple of high tackles um, gave Ryan Pippenhausen um, chances to notch up some penalties and um, push the lead out. Um, Storm came close to scoring a few more times than Corey Howard and Naira rushed out of the defensive line and um, connected with Jerome Hughes in the head and knocked him into last week. Um, he he got sent to the bin and, um, yeah. Worthy, Brad? Worthy right, bin? Right decision. <laughs> right decision. Um, it was, uh, it, it was, was completely accident. It was, it was bad, but it was accidental. Yeah, it, there it was, was no malice in it. You saw that Corey apologized on the field and then on social media apologized as well, which yeah. Jerome ex accepted. But I think the scary thing for Jerome was um, Bellamy came out and said Jerome didn't remember playing, mm -hmm. um, which shows how, how tough it was. Um, but, yeah, definitely worthy of a sim binning. Um, no, no defending that one, um, try as I might. Um, it was, yeah, it wasn't great. Did, did he stay on and play when you say he did, doesn't remember playing? No. Or did he come off? No, they oh, took him off. off. Yeah, yeah, he went off. Um, he was a no state. Yeah, he it was, yeah, it, it was completely accidental though. And, um, yeah, it shows because Corey, that was the first time Corey's had an offense like that in his career. Yeah. Um, which is why I think he, how many did he get three weeks, I believe? Yeah, I believe it's um, three weeks. And um, they, if it was a Victor Radley or the like, it'd be it'd be a couple of months. It would be 
it'll be some time. So um, it shows how clean his record has been. Um, but yeah, it's um, I think yeah, it goes down to the Storm just have a winning culture, and um, I think the Raiders they'll be disappointed they got this loss here, but I think they they would have gained some confidence that it's not the Raiders we've been seeing as of late. You know, they went up against the um best team if not one of the best um teams in there and took them to the limit and if you know if their defense or if their discipline had been a bit better they might have even squeaked out a win here which would have been a, a great thing for the raiders and um i think they're, they're gonna stay in playoff contention if they can bring this level of effort improve that discipline um i think they could take some of these top teams to the limit which be great for uh Canberra fans like Simon here. Um, so I think they get yeah. they get Chance Nickel Clocks there back now too, don't they? They do. He's back this week, um, which is a great addition. Unfortunately, they've lost Tom Starling for the rest of the year, which I think yeah, is a massive a loss. It is. Um, yeah, and like Simon said, Canberra's quite a bogey team for Melbourne in recent years. Yeah, they they always seem to be able to um, pull out a little bit extra against Melbourne. Um, and yeah. I, as much as I hope they stay in playoff contention, if they um, lose to the Warriors in a couple of weeks, um, I will very much appreciate it. So yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll stay on the line there. Um, that takes us to the next game, which was Friday with the Panthers defeating the Dragons 34-16. to um, Not really any surprises in this game for me. Um, I think the Panthers made quite easy work of the Dragons, as to expect from my wooden spoon to be team. Um I suppose the biggest talking point out of this was Nathan Cleary returning. Um, I think he, he started a bit scratchy, but he found his groove as the game went on. And um, I think he got the Panthers attack back in order. Um, he had some good crisp passing on him. And I think he was really um, quite the lightning rod for them, which is what we come to expect. Um, Matt Burden, I thought, played well also. Um went back out to centre where he spent a lot of time for them, scored a try, set up another, and I, I think the Bulldogs fans that I know were, were quite excited with how he went in the game and showing that he, he's he's proving that he, he's quite a handy little sign-up for them for next year. And um, then the Dragons, they just made too many errors. Um, and my, my thing, I think I've got a stat here, they had 75% of the possession in the first 20 minutes. Um but they just did nothing with it. What, what did you think of this game? Yeah, they did something with it. They gave Brent Naden an intercept pass. So despite having all the they ball, they, they let the, the Panthers get in there first. Um, yeah, Cleary coming back. Um, I think Luai was very much somebody who benefited from that. You could see he yeah. looked a lot happier this week than he has in the past few weeks, just having Cleary there to do most of the organising and then Luai can just wreak havoc out wide and, and yeah... He was he was connecting with Burton quite nicely, um, so he looked a lot happier for having Cleary back. Um, on the Dragon side, I, I thought the young man uh, Amone Amone that came off the bench for them, nineteen year old, he looked like a real live wire and had a try and a try assist. Reminded me of a of a young Sean Johnson type type looking player. You know, he he looked quite good. Uh, but yeah, the Panthers were always a class above. Um, the Dragons pretty much. They, they never looked in danger of losing the game. 
Yeah, they, they. I thought they kind of were starting to look like the Panthers of old from a few weeks or uh, like a month or so ago. Yeah, where they were. They were looking a lot more um, competitive and more um, dangerous. And yeah, the Dragons. This slide continues. I think they were protected quite well with a soft start to the season, which kind of has mm. made them look better than what they actually were. And um, I think we're now seeing the team that I predicted to be wooden spooners, the kind of disappointing performances. Um, it was just that that good start. Um, we were, I'll go thug life for a little bit of a moment here. Oh, what, did you think of the, what did you think of the Cleary shoulder charge um, that the NRL have let off? I know what you're going to say, but... Uh, I don't know I if think, you will. Okay, well, I think if that is a Jack Hetherington... He gets suspended. <laughs> um, I think the fact that it's Cleary, um, I'm not going to say he's a protected species or anything, but he's a halfback, so he doesn't pull off the kind of contact in that kind of situation that a front rower would. But um, And I've seen people like Gus Gould come out and say he's bracing for contact. It just looked to me like he tucked his arm and tried to make contact that way. So I thought it was a shoulder charge, and he's a halfback, so... He's not huge, didn't make a massive impact on Jack Bird, who's a bigger man, but it made the ball spill free and they score off it. So I'm surprised that they didn't go back and and pull it back because, to me, it looked like a shoulder charge. (laughs) You're a coward. You're a coward. He is a protected species. They they want the Panthers to do well and they want Cleary out there um, to get the views so they protect him. It was a shoulder charge. Yeah. And um, they're, they're using the excuse that he was bracing for contact. When you're doing a shoulder charge, that is bracing for contact and leading with your shoulder, which is exactly mm. by the rules what he did. And if it was Jack Hetherington, anyone in the Warriors, anyone in any of maybe any team that isn't the Roosters, the Panthers or the Storm, they would be getting suspended or at least have got a penalty penalized, out of it. Penalised, yeah, yeah. penalised. Yeah. And yes, as, as Paul said, says a man with experience of shoulder charting, yes, um, my my right shoulder is prolific. So um, <laughs> I know how to do it. And he did, a, it was textbook. Um, so yeah, I think it was very, he, he was very lucky there. And um, yeah, would it have changed the result? It wouldn't have, but yeah, I... I like you said the Jack Hetherington example. I think he gets punished rightly or wrongly um, on anything he does. I think you've got to make the rules for everyone. Um, yeah. If you're one of the the best players in the game, you shouldn't get preferential treatment. Well, the thing so, is, the, ma- the match re- review committee have come out and fined him, haven't they? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's copped a fine over it. So if he's got a he? fine, yeah, if he's got a fine over it then are you saying it is or it isn't because the ref didn't penalize him? Are you Googling it now frantically? I'm trying to, yes. I'm pretty sure Um, he's got a fine from it. I will look at it while we're chatting. Um, We may as well go straight and we'll, we'll touch back on that when I get the information. So we're going to the next game. I'll let you start it. It was the Roosters defeating the Broncos Mm, 21-20. What do you think of this as I'm looking? Very. Uh, yeah. So, no, it was a good game. I thought it was an entertaining game. And, and uh, the Broncos, much like they did earlier in the year, brought the fight to the Roosters. They ended up beating them last time around, this time very nearly again. Um, so I think Payne Haas, with all the regular all the regular 
ones like Payne Haas, really, really good, and Payne Haas got the first try. But Albert Kelly, again, is, is proving to be a good um, halfback pickup for the Broncos. Uh, he picked up a nice try as well off a Flegler pass. Um, it's just the referees are being talked about a lot in this game, Brad. Um, so I think there was an instance where James Tedesco on a breakaway got stripped and looked like a professional foul. And and I think it was David Mead. He didn't get he didn't get sent to the bin. But then we had Sam Walker kick a field goal to take the Roosters ahead and. Albert Kelly trying to get square with a field goal and Radley trying to charge down his field goals, you know, made contact with his legs and been penalised. Um, and I think he's facing three weeks for that as well. Um, so that was one moment, you know, because for me, yeah, I know they're trying to protect the kickers, but um, it, for me, did it look like he's just trying to charge down the kick and the contact has just been a consequence of that. I don't think it was intentional. But you know, letter of the law penalty. And then Who, who's towards... the who's the thug now? Yeah. Listen to this. It was a Changing dead set penalty. Changing of the dead guard. set penalty. Um, he tried to well, kill that poor man. It's Victor Radley. He doesn't do anything innocently. <laughs> well, then the one at the end of the game with Flegler on Tupanua with the, with the high contact. I think that happens any other time of the game, nine times out of ten, and it's not a penalty because it's just a brush on the face. And I think James Tedesco's done a captain's challenge, a Hail Mary captain's challenge, just hoping for something. And then they spotted that and give a penalty, which yeah. watched the Roosters, watched the Roosters kick and they win the game. Um, so for me, that, again, I think nine times out of ten, that Flegler tackle on Tupanua is not even a, not even looked at. And it's just the off chance they captain's challenge that. What do you yeah, think? if they hadn't, yeah, I, yeah, I am against Radley on the first one. So you're thug in that moment, and then <laughs> we're both thugs on the second one because, yeah, I thought there was nothing in that second one. It was just a glancing, and yeah, if they hadn't done the captain's challenge, it wouldn't have even been picked up. And yeah. um, Paul, Paul did the research at the same time as me. So Nathan Cleary has been hit by a fine, eleven hundred dollar fine for a grade one so um, it was a dangerous contract. So it was deemed, yeah, but there was no penalty yeah. involved. Um, so, yeah, protected species, wipe it out. Um, but, yeah, I think, yeah, controversies aside, um, this Broncos-Roosters game had me really worried because we obviously, the Warriors, faced the Broncos this week. And yeah. the Broncos had a lot of fight, but I've got an asterisk against it as well because the Broncos did a hell of a fight full credit to them but this was a roosters team without jared where hargraves and angus Crichton. yeah which i thought took a lot of a lot of sting out of them um but yeah i yeah it was i think this was the game um that if you wanted to complain about refs this was the one and kevin walters to his credit did not do he that it. he yeah he copped it he he was like you know the this happens. Um, I haven't had a good look at it, but um, we needed to be better out there. So um, hopefully, hopefully those those other whinging coaches take a note out of his book. Um, I I think he had his rights to complain about some of the questionable decisions, perhaps, but he copped it on the chin and moved on. Um, mm. Probably a little less pressure on him due to the fact that winning or losing isn't going to make the playoffs. So. I, maybe there's a bit more pressure, but then Trent Barrett 
has got no chance of going anywhere but wooden spoon. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, before we move on, I thought James Tedesco played quite well. Um, oh, yeah. As always. As always. And yeah, Sam Walker showed good composure, notching up a, a field goal um, yeah. to get the lead. Um, yeah. And yeah, Paul said fans will complain, but coaches shouldn't be leading the way. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, they get they usually get quite a heavy fine as well. Um, so yeah, you do, they generally. I don't mind it if they have a go if they do it. Um, Ricky's probably not the best one to describe, but there's a few of them out there that know how to complain about the refs without actually blaming the refs and getting around the fine. And if they want to be be a bit cheeky that way, I don't mind. Um, but yeah, just coming out 100% blaming a ref when um, you're not really correct isn't a good look. Um, but yeah, um, thankfully though the Rabbito, uh, the Roosters won there to keep my my picks alive. I was a bit worried that it was going to go bad for us there, Richie. Um, yeah. But yeah, we squeaked that one out. And um, that moves us to the next expected game, um, expected result we got on Saturday with the Rabbitohs defeating the Titans, 36-6. Wasn't surprising for me um, as the Rabbitohs continue their strong form. They've now become the first team in premiership history to score 30 points in eight consecutive matches. And it's also the first time they've won 10 in a row since 1989. Yeah. Um, I think the difference in this was the forwards. Think the Rabbitohs forwards just dominated the Titans, and um, the Titans' decision to leave Fafita on the bench and bring him on later on um, backfired him on them on this one because by the time he got out there, the damage was already done and the the Titans' pack was rolling backwards. And I think they really needed him out there to try to combat those big um, Rabbitohs forwards right from the get go. Um, what do you think of this game? Yeah, you rightly pointed out that the Rabbitohs forwards did a bit of a job, and then all your all your same guys that you see benefit off the back of that uh, benefit off benefited off the back of that. Your Latrell Mitchells, you know, <laughs> what, do you, what do you what do you say about yeah. him? He's, and Cody Walker, Cody Walker's just on another level at the moment in terms of. You know, he always runs great lines, but his try assists this year, his try assist stats are just through the roof and just seems whenever they get a two-on-one two on or Adam Reynolds does great work inside and so often puts Cody Walker in a spot where he's got a two-on-one or a three-on-one and they just don't miss. They 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 nail yeah. it pretty much every time. Um, so all those guys, Cam Murray, again, I think he's... I don't even think he's underrated anymore. He's just really important to that team. The the speed he allows them to play with, you know, whenever you see him get the ball, he, he ball plays. He the speed of his play, the balls are just crazy. And yeah, sometimes it looks like the the Rabbitohs are just playing on a, at a completely different speed to to every other team. Um, so yeah, and the Titans, yeah, they were actually showing pretty good form leading up to this game as well. So I think this game illustrates the golf between the top six or so the top six teams and then the next the next rung down um it's good for us warriors though brad i will take a heavy titans loss any day of the week 
Yeah, and Mark's commented as well, saying if you add Mansour's tries, he scored on um, Alex Johnson's wing the past four weeks. Um, Alex Johnson would yeah. most likely be on 30 tries. Um, Which is crazy. Yeah, because that left edge is um, dangerous. It is. It's they're scary. Um, like I've been saying forever, um, it's hard It's hard to stop this Rabbitohs team if they know how to hold on to the ball. When they get a case of the, the oopsies and they drop everything, that's when you can attack them. But when everything's singing, Cody Walker, I think, is a, a smoky for Dally M. Yeah. Um, everyone's talking about Cleary and Tommy Turbo, but those two have been missing. They've, they've missed games due to injury suspensions and what have you. Um, so, but Cody's been there consistently every week. So why I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my money on it. If he got it, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, he's just been really good this year. And yeah, the Titans um, in this game, they just made too many errors, struggled to gain momentum and they stay in the eight, but they've got some work to do before they face the storm tomorrow. And um, yeah, the Rabbitohs are just, they attacked well, defended well, and it should be a really good game this week against the Panthers. Should be. And um, that brings us to the only game we had different in our picks, the Cowboys and Tigers. Uh, Tigers getting the win 24-16. It went my way this time um, with me getting this one right. But it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I don't know how to how to politely say that. It was a scrappy game. <laughs> the scrappy game between two teams that didn't really put their best foot forward. Um, the Tigers did start well. Um, they shot out to a 24-6 lead with 20 minutes to go. And then um, the Cowboys started to show a bit of a comeback and got a few tries back to back. And then looked like they were going to get the third try to really make a contest of it. Luke Brooks... Um, did a try-saving tackle, then ripped the ball out and got sent to the bin. But if he hadn't got that tackle and stopped that from being a try, we'd probably be talking about a Cowboys win here, if I'm honest. Um, But, yeah, not a great performance from either side. Um, And the only highlight for me as a Warriors fan was Ken Mamalo scoring his fifth try in seven matches for the Tigers. So it's good to see he's kind of hit the ground running since he joined them. But uh, Mm. what did... What did you think of this basket case of a football match? I think Mark in the comments has said it best. What an absolute bludger of a game. Uh, <laughs> and it was, you know, um, it was it was very messy. Um, like you say, they, they the Tigers got up to a nice lead and then looked like 
kind of like they did against us where they were leading against us um, just recently and then just decided not to play anymore. Um, and then the Cowboys Cowboys scored to give them some hope. And then, like you say, um, Luke Brooks, try saving tackle, but rakes the ball out and gets, gets sent to the sin bin, deservedly so. Um, but then the last play, right towards the end, the Cowboys down by, I think it was eight, so they decided to take a shot at goal, and this summed up the game pretty much perfectly for me. Yeah. Um, Val Holmes had a shot at goal pretty much from nearly in front, and he hits the post, and it bobbles around, and the game just kind of fizzles out to an end. So, yeah, bludger yeah, of the game. And, and Mark said here he's seen under-16s play with more structure and discipline than these two teams. Yeah, yeah it was if, definitely. if you were trying to get um, someone like Paul hiding in the background that doesn't doesn't care for, for league or doesn't really want to watch it. This isn't a game you're going to show them say you should watch NRL. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's it, it's it wasn't it wasn't a great um display. And I think it kind of shows the Cowboys, as we've been talking about, they're they're in a horrible hole at the moment. And mm-hmm. um it's yeah that that winning culture um, has that flip side, but the losing culture as well. Once you set into that routine of not really doing well, it kind of sticks and it it takes, it takes some effort to get out of that hole and um, they just haven't found that yet. And the Tigers, I just don't know about this Tigers team. Um, I praised them for months this year um, about the fight. They were losing, but they were going tooth and nail looking really good and they just didn't look great they got the win though full credit to them for that but it it wasn't it was one of those ones where you're like yeah we got the win but i feel like we lost um you know we're we're warriors fans we've had that so um yeah wasn't great hopefully we um see better performances from both these sides this week um so it'll be at least more interesting for us to talk about next week um next game was probably the biggest um shock but i'm not surprised at the same time um seagulls defeating the eels 56 to 10 um i expected manly to win i expected them to win reasonably well but i didn't expect them to put 50 um 50 points on the eels um Mm. the eels need to be better than this um they they yeah manly scored 10 tries at quite a consistent pace um it was kind of like every couple of minutes they were going over um the usual suspects or sean um yeah. tommy turbo daily cherry evans kieran foran um ruben garrick was also garrick, really good he, all of them he, yeah um garrick got a hat trick and kicked eight from ten at the kicking tee um if manly keep playing like this um they'll go deep into the playoffs if not all the way in my opinion mm. and the heels are in trouble. Um, they barely fired a shot. Their discipline was horrible. Um, they had Ryan Madison sent off for a high shot yeah. on Murata Nakora. Again, um, completely blowing my my reputation to shreds, but it was the right call. It was a shocking... Yeah, it um, was. Um, it wasn't Nakora, sorry. he It was on Brad Parker. Nakora, yeah. a couple he of minutes later, got sent well. to the bin as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being reduced to eleven men didn't help Parramatta by any means. But at that point, the game was already over. Um, they may as well have sent them all off and said, "Let's just call it a day." Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the Eels need to do 
um, to figure this out, but the Sharks are circling and people are suggesting um, Brad Fittler, Paul Green, they're throwing all sorts of names to come in and take over as coach and get rid of Brad Arthur. But in, what would you do, Richie? Um, oh, fix the Eels. Fix it. The thing with the Eels is that they're just such a famous club that was used to success a, a few decades ago. So, and their fans haven't had anything in a long time and they're just crying out for it. The thing they forget is uh, when Brad Arthur took over, they were a wooden spoon team. So he's actually turned them into a consistent team making the finals. So to throw the blame completely at him is a bit harsh, um, especially when you look at their roster. For me, when you look at their roster, they're a good roster that that will win you consistent games, but they don't look like they've got a roster like Panthers or Storm that, that are going to threaten for the title. In my opinion, yeah. at least, I don't, I don't think they do. You know, they're, they're a few pieces of the puzzle off. Yeah. Have, having that sort of team. So to blame it all on the coach is a bit tough. Um, on the game, I thought, um, yeah, they were being torn to shreds before they had people sent off. But they would just kept inviting it. They, they made so many errors. And you don't want to do that against this Manly team at the moment because you give them ball and they're just going to tear you to shreds like that. And then, like you said, the high shot was definitely a send-off. And then near Corey, a few minutes later, they were just inviting 50, 60 points at that point because they were, t- they were getting torn apart with 13 v 13. And 13 v 11 just, you know, was never going to end well. Yeah, yeah. So, Ryan, yeah, Ryan Madison was sent. He was a red card. And yeah. then Nakora was a was a yellow. Official foul. He got yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, Simon said the Eels haven't won anything in the NRL era and a team of chokers. Yeah. Yep. Before we kind of move on, we talked about it last week that Clint Gutherson's looking for a million dollar a year contract. Um, this game here showed you what a million dollar a year contract player does and why he's off the mark there. Um, in my yeah. opinion, he. He kind of had the chance to shine and, yeah, failed miserably. Um, it's not all on him. Um, the whole team was woeful. But, yeah, not not good. Not, not good one, from a team. Not one of their forwards got made over 100 metres. I think the closest was Isaiah Papali'i got 98 or something like that. So, yeah, you know, it shows how bad they were with the ball and, and not respecting the ball. And, you know, they got what was what they deserved pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, and the next game was on Sunday, the Warriors beating the Bulldogs 24 to 10. We covered this match in depth with Ruin Hammer on Monday. So we we can keep it short here, um, really. The only points I've kind of put down that I think we need to comment for me was um, Josh Curran played well again and is finding his feet in first grade. Um, Warriors attack looked good, but they still push some passes too often and look like they were rushing. I think if they can slow it down, take a breath, it will be better for them in the long run. And the Bulldogs never really looked threatening. Um, they had moments, but for the most part, they just couldn't get close to the Warriors' line. And the Warriors' playoff hopes, albeit slim, um, stay alive for another week. So um, what's your quick rundown on this one? Yeah, real quick rundown. I agree with you. I thought our attack looked good, but mostly only in patches. Then for the rest of the game, a little, what should we say, impatient. Like we had yeah. instances, I think, where we had we had line breaks. I think O'Sullivan threw a an offload, maybe on third tackle when we made a little breakout towards their line and it went to ground. Um, down 
down the second half, we had Ali Katoa make a little bit of a half break and offload to Ed Kosi, which should have been a try, but he dropped it over the line. Uh, we did a kick on the second tackle, which Walsh, Walsh scored off, but I think there was two or three other times where we kicked on about third tackle. So just felt like we were rushing things a bit, maybe trying to put yeah. a score up on the wooden spoon team, um, which we probably could have if we were just a little bit more patient. Yeah, and um, before we move on, Mark commented saying he still can't believe that Katoa was not charged by the match review oh, committee. Yeah. For sure. yeah, not only was he not charged, but Reese Walsh has been charged for pushing Ryan James <laughs> yeah. over. Um, so I don't understand what the judiciary are, are doing. Um, Walsh will get nothing for that. If he even wasn't missed he, a game... He facing a fine? I think he was facing a fine. He's facing a fine, but... He shouldn't be facing a fine. The kid's like no. 13 years old. He's 40, 40 <laughs> kilos soaking wet, and he pushed over an over 100-kilo prop. Um, the fact that I know where I just criticised Cleary um, kind of getting away with it because he's a halfback, but it's, yeah, literally Reese is the size of Ryan James's leg, and he was sticking up for Chanel after Chanel got hit yeah. late. So um, Ryan's been um, in trouble for that part. But yeah, pushing him over, I think, and getting charged is a bit rubbish, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that was all. At, um, oh, okay, yeah, Mark said Mark uh, Walsh copped an $1,100 fine. So he got charged the same amount for pushing a guy over that Nathan Cleary did for shoulder charging. So um, yeah, great. Great work from the judiciary there. Well done, guys. Um, appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, we'll go on to the last game before I start becoming a, a Trent Barrett and abusing the judiciary instead of the refs. Um, another close game, but the Knights nailed this one, defeating the Sharks 16-14. to um, Game was very worried not only for my picks but for my, my multi um, with this one because I picked the Knights and it looked like it was going to go that way. Um Knights, I thought it was going to be a blowout. The Knights scored in the first minute, um, yeah. making Short it look off. easy. <laughs> yeah. and um, But both sides really struggled with errors and penalties throughout the contest. Um, Sharks had a 12-8 lead at the break. Um, then um, Tuala, who scored that try in the first minute, he scored in the 45th. Um, it was a nice try to get that second one. Yeah, nice try. Um, and then after that, it just became a penalty kickoff. Yeah. Um, with the Sharks nailing one um, to get the lead back. And then the Knights kicked one um, to level and then kicked another one um, to reclaim the lead and win. Um, Knights have returned to the top eight, and they have a pretty decent run home, so I think they should stay there. But the Sharks, I think, have sealed their fate with back-to-back -back losses. I um, mm. think they're on the way out. Uh, a worrying sign for the Knights, though, is Daniel Safiti. It's going to miss between three and five weeks with the NCL injury, which won't help their their chances because he's kind of integral in the middle for them there. Um, but yeah, what do you think of this this um, penalty kickoff game? Yeah, again, it is not not the prettiest game to watch, and I think both sides pretty desperate fighting for for that seventh and eighth spot. So. It, it looked like both teams maybe a little nervous and like you say, a lot of errors um, and just maybe both teams a bit, I don't know, lacking a bit of execution. Um, but yeah, the Knights picked up, managed to squeak the win uh, and it keeps them 
in the hunt with a good run home. It's just watching games like that. It makes you, I don't, I still don't feel a hundred percent on the, like they've probably got the best run home, but they make me worry, worry a bit because I thought they might've done a better job against the Sharks this week. Um, especially without Johnson, but yeah, they still struggle from time to time. Um, and I know they've still got the Broncos to come, but I think the Broncos have been showing a, a lot more fight recently. So I don't think they're a shoe in just yet, but they still sit in a good position with their fate in their hands. They do, yeah. So um, that's round 22. So we'll we'll bring up the ladder and talk about the picks. Um, we had one game different, which was the Tigers-Cowboys. And I got that one right. So I went eight from eight this week for the second week in a row. Um, humble bragging. Nice one, nice one Brad. Um, and Richie, you got seven out of eight, um, which is still not a bad day at the office. So I am leading... 125 out of 168 and you are 124 so still one point in it so um we'll we'll no doubt probably end up tying up again this week um but yeah we got the ladder um melbourne and penrith are at the top rabbitos and the roosters are now third and fourth after Parramatta lost um manly going up to fifth um after that loss the eels dropped down to sixth newcastle with that that close win went to seventh um titans even though they they lost they cling to the eight with the raiders um just sitting out at nine sharks 10 dragons 11 warriors 12 um tigers and cowboys 13th and 14th then brisbane and the bulldogs 15th and 16th if the if the warriors had managed another try or two they'd be sitting 11th right now um but yeah we, we're saying it every week where are we ruling the line here um the Warriors. The Warriors are the last team with any faint sort of glimmer of hope. But I see I see that 60-point hiding we copped against Souths as one that hurts us a lot because, you know, that, our points... That points differential points hurts. Yeah. It would have been comparable to Canberra and Cronulla up there if we didn't get hit with that huge loss. Um, with a couple yeah. of... Yeah. With, with games on the stretch home, which, you know... Yeah. It's not not too bad our run home, but yeah, it's in it's, comparison. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's still tight between. You still think Newcastle, Gold Coast, or Canberra in the box seat, but you know, being yeah. who supporting who we support, you always keep that glimmer of faith, hey Brad? That sl- slim glimmer, yeah. We keep so, that calculator um, yeah. out. Yeah, definitely. It's the only time I get to use my, my education for mass. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, so we may as well get into questions. Do we have any questions from, from everyone watching Paul? Nice. Oh, okay. Brad, do you enjoy watching rugby and what makes you enjoy rugby league more? Um, we're back to Monday night's questions, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, I I do enjoy watching rugby, but if I'm going to be honest, I probably haven't watched a full game of rugby and probably since the World Cup, if I'm brutally honest. Um, I haven't watched it as much. Um, big Chiefs fan, um, so I used to watch the Chiefs a lot and the All Blacks um, too. Um, I used to have lots of hot takes that used to piss my, my nana off. My nana is a massive All Blacks fan. I used to remind her how much better Sonny Bill was than Rich McCaw. And she used to love that because um, Rich McCaw was her favorite person on the planet. 
but um he's a cat <laughs> rubbish rubbish player um but yeah and what makes me enjoy rugby league more um oh and i also played union so i i played a lot of union in my time um i i always seem to enjoy playing union more than watching it um and yeah i enjoy rugby league more i don't know it, it's it's not as soft it is now probably it's soft now um with all these new rules changing everything but you know back in the good old days when you could knock people's heads off with the shoulder and no one would bat an eyelid um and it's just a faster game for me yeah brad brad um he liked playing union more than watching it because he could get away with a lot of the dark arts at the bottom of rucks and and, and scrums <laughs> and all that kind of carry on <laughs> yeah only because i always played at the level where they didn't have cameras richie um yeah true but yeah, um, no, yeah. What quite, about you? Know, lots of comments, but not many, uh, but not many questions in the chat. I think we 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 out we uh, got all the questions on Monday evening. Yeah. Um, so don't, don't forget, folks, to go back and yeah, you can watch our fiftieth um, special episode um, that uh, Brad and Richie did on Monday night. Uh, you can also listen to it as wherever you get your favourite pods. They, the iHeartRadio. Apparently, some people even watch on Spotify. There you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, um, I am got another one. Nicholas hitting us with all the questions. How many times do you watch Warriors game during any given week of an NRL season before presenting the show on a Wednesday? So um, I'm not sure about you, Richie. So I'm going to start again. Um, yep. So I watch it. I watch it live. Um, I write for a website called Nothing But League, so I do their live match reports. So I'm sitting there watching the game and writing as the game plays. I then generally end up watching the game a couple hours later um, to watch the game and take more notes for the show. And for my article that I write every Monday, I upload a, a review on my website about the game. And um, I probably watch it anywhere between three to five times um, for the Warriors game in general. Um, maybe if it's a bad loss, like the Rabbitohs game, I might watch it twice um but yeah i try to watch it as much as i can because you always miss things um mm. and if you watch it multiple times you can kind of decide to watch certain people um but yeah what about you richie yeah I, you kind of took the words out of my mouth a bit so yeah I definitely watch it live um and depending on how the results gone usually um has a bearing on how many more times i watch it after that definitely i watch it again just for a bit more um mainly for the show and so i can uh, you know i can watch it a bit more objectively without the emotion there <laughs> when watching it live so you try and pick up little things i might have missed um but yeah if it's a bad loss it's it's hard to sit through it again <laughs> Normally, like yeah, not normally for me. Similar to what Mark's commented there, he he says he usually watches it twice, usually three times. That's probably the same for me. Yeah, and we've got one more from Nicholas because he wants to use up all all, all the question time for himself. You know, it, it's cool, love it. Um, how many NRL matches do you both watch in full each week? I'm always curious because the analysis on both your show and Ruin Ham is so comprehensive. Um, yeah, I what does it go out here? I watch every game. Um, 
I watch every game full. The only one I probably don't watch in full is the Thursday night, just due to the fact that I get up um, before the sun comes up for work. And um, that, unfortunately, doesn't change with lockdown this week because I'm an essential worker. So I generally watch the first half live, go to bed, and then I watch the second half the next day when I get home. Um, But, yeah, I try to watch every match. Some of them are harder than others. I missed the second half of the... um, the last game of the rounds because I was actually on a, a show with um, Hold the Ball doing a, a, a video with him. So I had it on in the background to keep up with the score and then I had to watch that second half again um, later that night. But yeah, for me, I watch every game. Um, what about you, Richie? And yeah, Paul, uh, everyone wants to see me, Paul, so I, I have to go wherever I'm asked. Yeah, yeah, you hear a podcast art isn't he um i watch every game as well um i think if you're going to try and analyze the games you know you kind of got to do it justice by by watching as much as you can um i catch every warriors game live if i don't catch any of the other games i try and catch most of them live unless like brad you know it's a thursday night and i'm kind of tired but my situation is i um i'm a stay-home parent so i i get a lot of opportunity to throw on the match replay on Sky Go the next day on a Friday during the day if I miss if I miss the Thursday one live, but normally on the weekend I've got enough time to watch all of them live. Um, but yeah, I I, I tr- pretty much every week will watch every NRL game. Yeah, and I have a very understanding partner that lets me get away with a lot more than most would in terms of watching football. So, um, yeah, I get to watch basically all of it as much as I can. Um, so um, that's a good one here. Simon's mentioned that they, uh, West Tigers doco, the second, um, is on tomorrow, the first episode on Sky Sport. Now, that kind of goes into my question I had for you, Richie. Um, which yeah. is we both started watching the the Tigers doco on Sky now that we've got it over here. If they do, my question is though, if they decide to do something like this again, which team did you think it should be based on? Okay, obvious answer for me is Warriors, but that's an extremely <laughs> yeah. biased one. So I'll put that aside and um, name a couple other teams without my bias. Um, really wouldn't mind if it was someone like the Storm or the Roosters, one of those top teams with with a really, you know, one of the really top tier coaches. Um, would love to see. Obviously, they wouldn't show you everything um, and give away all their trade secrets, but just to see those clubs and, and how they work and, and what builds their culture and makes them tick. Um, teams yeah. like that, Storm and Roosters, you know, you can tell that those kind of teams, even when they get injuries, they're just so well coached and well drilled and, and have such a great culture that, you know, the, the last decade or so they're just constantly up towards up towards the top of the table so um or if you wanted to laugh you could watch the tigers one which is currently going now yeah i'm kind of in the same boat i think the warriors one i think they missed they missed the boat massively by not doing something like this yeah. this year with the warriors with um everything that's happening with i being away from New Zealand for the second year in a row. Um, I think that's for, if you're trying to get people that you're going to get your leagueies that watch it, but if you're going to get people that don't normally watch league, I think that's a more interesting story 
Um, I think that um, is quite an interesting idea of people being away from the country um, playing. Then you throw in all the stuff like Roger leaving early, um, things like bringing Lodge and Walsh in, things like that. I think it would have been really interesting. But yeah, the Storm, just the success that they've had, um, seeing the Craig Bellamy that we see as a coach, but the completely opposite Craig Bellamy that he is yeah. with the players, I think would be interesting to see as well. Um, Cause he, he's always breaking everything in that room. But when you see him out there with the team, it's completely different. He, he oh, yeah. doesn't seem as aggressive. Um, but yeah, um, that would be me. Um, and you had a question for me too, um, which you put a lot of thought into it. So I want to let you do it. So you ask it. Well, I was just, just watching the Warriors the last few weeks and the Ford pack in particular, you know, we've had a lot happen in our Ford pack this year with it, you know, injuries and suspensions and we've had to move guys around. And I noticed just recently our back row really developed, you know, you've had the emergence of Curran and he's been good most of the year, but particularly this last month has been fantastic. We've moved you and Aitken to the second row, which has yielded some really good results. So for me, what's really interesting is come next year with everybody fit, what would you do with your selectors hat on? What would be your starting pack and what would your bench makeup be? Because you got Torhu coming back. It'll be really interesting to see what happens with our with the makeup of our forwards. Yeah, and um, I thank you for giving me the question in advance so I could actually think of it. Um, it, it hurts me to say, but um, I might lose my chairman um, of the Ben Murdoch Masilla fan club because it was actually really hard to put him in the team um, with what we've got. So what I've got, I wrote it down. I've got Adam Fenor, Blake, Wade, Wade Egan, and Matt Lodge in my starting front row. Yes. I've got Ewan Aiken and Josh Curran as my second rowers. Yeah. And I've got Tohu Harris as my lock. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. This is interesting because I also just noticed that I don't have Jazz in my team, which shows right. you. Yeah, I know. Um, I've got. I've got Otokolo as my 14. I've got Bunty Afoa. I've got um, Aaron Penny from the Storm and Ben Murdoch-Masilla as a switch on number 16. And then I've got Katoa at 17, but that would be a Katoa-Jazz situation, um, mm. which it's horrible, but it's great at the same time. Um, it all depends how um, Penny from the Storm, how he goes. Um he might not be at that level that those other guys are. Jazz always has to be in there somewhere. Um, but I also like Otokolo. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's, well, it's all I've got. But it's... Well, what happens then um, next year rolls around and maybe Cody Nikarima ends up sticking around? You wouldn't want him as a 14? If he is still with the team, then I would have him as the 14 instead of Otokolo. Um, yeah. That would be the switch there. But, yeah, the fact you got Ben Murdoch, Masilla, and Jazz um, and all those guys still there as well, it, it makes it interesting. Um, I like your picks. Also I got, had, you got I Jack, Jack Murchie as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, I would have had the starting lineup the exact same as you. It's um, Yeah, it's just what you do with the bench. They become some tricky selections there. Good problems, yeah. though. Yeah, and um, 
we're running long on time, but there was a question um, from Andrew, um, the editor at Nothing But League, the website I, I write match reports for. Um, he asked it a couple of weeks back, and I've had to keep pushing it due to our time, but I want to give it now. Um, this was in light of the World Cup no longer happening. Um, he said, should there be a World Nines in place of the World Cup, say a two-day event which is easy to organise and get stronger teams to participate in? Um I don't mind the idea. I think that could be interesting. If they can't organize international games for the end of the year, you could do um, uh, like a, a international nines like tournament. Um, obviously, COVID's kind of hit everywhere at the moment. Um, so it, it makes it a bit harder in terms of preparing. It would have been great to possibly have it here. Odds of that happening now, I think, are very slim. But um, what do you think? Do you think they could do a, a nines as opposed to a, um, just a Kiwis kangaroos test. Uh, with the COVID situation, I'm, I'm not too sure. I don't. I think if it was on, I'd watch it, but I could take it or leave it. Um, especially, you know, for me, it's just especially with a lot of the Warriors players that probably just want to come home and and you know spend some time here with family and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah. And in, in fairness, honest, this, this question this question was asked before COVID reared its ugly head yeah. everywhere. So, um, yeah, I like the idea though. And yeah, if it's on, I'd watch it. Mm. Um, uh, Simon's commented that rugby league nines isn't really a thing he's interested yeah, in. Yeah, I'm the same a yeah. little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. not not ex- it's yeah. not exactly my cup of tea, but I'll watch it if it's on for sure. But um, I could take it or leave it. Yeah, so that will take us. Let's get into our round 23 picks. Um, okay, you got, yeah, here's our draw. Um, so tomorrow night we got Titan Storm. I've gone with the Storm. I think um, Titans haven't impressed me much, and Storm are one of the top. So, yeah, yeah, same here. Storm for that one. Yeah, and um, Friday night, first game, Raiders Manly. I think it's Manly. Um, Tommy Turbo's got a bit of an asterisk next to him due to um, an injury he got. He's been named. Um, if he doesn't play, it might make it a bit more interesting, but I'm just still sticking with Manly. Yeah, I'm sticking with Manly. I think even if he doesn't play, I think now they've the rest of the team's in enough of a groove where I don't think they'll suffer like they did at the start of the season so badly because the rest yeah. of the team's in such good form now. Um, I've taken Manly. Cool. And um, next game on Friday is Panthers Rabbitohs. And uh, once again, we've only picked one game different, and it's this one. I've gone with the Panthers. Um, don't ask me why. It was just an instinct thing when I did the picks. I saw Panthers and said Panthers are going to win. And then I looked later on and went, oh, shit, they're playing the Rabbitohs. Um, but I'm going to give uh, the Panthers the benefit of the doubt that. Um, Cleary's second week back with the team we're going to see the Panthers of old and the Panthers of old touched up Rabbitohs last time will they touch them up this time I don't think so but I think they should still have enough um, but yeah you tell me why I'm wrong and why the Rabbitohs are going to win yeah I I tell you why you're wrong Brad um, <laughs> I, there's, for that exact reason I think they got touched up by a couple of the top teams earlier in the year and I think this is the game they're going to want to put a stake in the ground and say we're one of the teams right now and uh, you know come finals time if we play one of you top two teams it's we're gonna make this extremely hard so and I think they are in fabulous form so 
um, I've I've gone with the Rabbitohs, and hopefully they prove me right, and we can level up. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be the game of the round. Um, yeah, for sure, it's going to be a great one to watch. Um, but then we go after that great game, we're going to fall into a game that's probably not going to be too pretty. And that's on Saturday, the Tigers and the Sharks. Um, I've gone with the Sharks. Um, I was confident the Tigers last week, and the Sharks have been struggling, but I think the Sharks will have enough to get this one. Yeah, I think so too. Um, both teams haven't been looking great lately. Um, the Tigers squeaked home last week, but I would have been very worried if they didn't against North Queensland, who have got nine in a row losses now. Yeah. So, And the Tigers haven't been good at backing up wins this year, so I've taken Sharks. Yep. Next up, Bulldogs Knights. I've gone with Knights. Um, team in the top eight against Wooden Spoon seems easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Knights easy. Yeah, and then next up is the Eels Cowboys. Gone with the Eels here. I know the Eels have been falling off a cliff, um, but they're playing against a team that lives at the bottom of that cliff. So think um they should get the job done here if they can't beat the cowboys then expect everyone to get sacked at Parramatta. the eels would have been crying out for this game they've had such a tough run home and they i'm sure they would have circled this one as a big relief <laughs> uh, yep. i'm sure they're very, very relieved they're playing the, the cowboys this week so should be eels should be yeah, and then the first game on Sunday, we've got Dragons, Roosters. Again, I'll go on with the Roosters. Dragons are still my team, I think, are the worst on the planet. So I'm going going with the Roosters. Yeah, the Roosters are still up there with a shot at top four, so they, they should be gunning in the, at this game pretty hard and targeting it. I think they'll be too classy. Yeah, and then last up, we've got the Warriors and the Broncos. This one was actually really hard. Like I said, the Broncos scared me in that Roosters game that they're going to be quite tough, but I've gone with the Warriors. I think um, it's yet another game. The Warriors team is the same, so they're building those combinations. And I think we're going to see um, a big game out of Reese Walsh to really like rub it in the face of the, the Broncos for not really seeing him being first grade ready yet. So I'm going with the Warriors. Sure. Yeah, I've gone with the Warriors too. Um, I, I must admit it, like you said, it's a very tough game to pick. Um, and we haven't had a four-game winning streak since 2018. So I think the longer our streak goes, the more nervous, nervous you get tipping <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. And especially how the Broncos have been playing. But, you know, I'm showing faith. I'm going to tip the Warriors. Yeah, and um, Simon's picks while we're here. Um, he he's gone with you. Um, Storm by twenty, Raiders by four. Um, oh no, he's picked the Raiders unlike us. Um, he's a Raiders. Rabbitohs, Rabbitohs by six, Tigers by six, Knights by ten, Eels by fourteen, Roosters by sixteen, and Warriors by four. So um, nice one. Yeah, I hope you don't get all of them right because I want to win. Um, but yeah, hopefully that Warriors one is one that you get right for us. Um, so yeah, that's round 23, one game different again. Um, we're, we're running a bit long, so I won't go too much into Super League, but there was a, a point that Simon made in the chat here that um, the promotion relegation is, they were talking about potentially getting rid of it um, but it is still on, so the least Centurions look most likely to be out of the um, competition after just being in there for a year. 
And the other bit of news I had is Thomas Lulawai may have played his last game um, of his career after injuring his hamstring. He was in the final year of his contract with Wigan, um, but it's thought that he's been promised a coaching role for next year. So he'll stay on with Wigan, but yeah, not the best way for him to go out. Um, but yeah, um, he's been another, very much like James Maloney, another guy that's had a, a great, great career. So yeah. Um, yeah, good luck with the coaching. Hopefully he can help Wigan get back to where they belong, which is at the top um, as a, as a, as a big Wigan fan here. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to cover before we move on? Um, no, not really. Um, again, thanks to everyone watching. Um, some really nice questions from you guys, and nice to see a couple of new faces pop up. So, thanks to everyone listening yeah. and, and watching along. Um, you know, I hope to see you guys tune in, um, in future. Yeah, and see, uh, Rams coming first time listening to the channel, quite new to league as a whole. Interesting stuff. Thank you for joining us, and yeah, hopefully, yeah, you come back. And um, Nicholas as well, heaps of curly questions there for us, which is always good to keep us on our toes. Always good. Always good. Um, we like to try to pretend we know what we're talking about for half of the show at least. <laughs> so, um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for joining us tonight. Oh, you got something to say too, Paul? For those people who are new to the channel, folks, uh, every Wednesday night at 8pm, you will have the standoff show, which is our rugby league show. Uh, we also have a rugby union show, which is the driving more show every Tuesday night at 8pm. Uh, and we do post-match reactions to various live games. And because of lockdown here in New Zealand, we're going to have a special driving more show tomorrow evening to keep people entertained because we know people are going to stir crazy. And like Brad and myself, who actually work as uh, essential workers, but um, and Richie, who, well, this is just his normal life. Uh, nothing it different. Is, yeah, apart yeah. From, yeah. Apart from Richard just doesn't. Um, yeah, Richard just doesn't <laughs> work at all. Doesn't matter if it's lockdown or not. He's not working. <laughs> but for those of you that are locked down. Um, that's well, we all locked down. We know what I mean, those of you who are having to stay at home, uh, an extra show for you tomorrow night, 8 pm, for the Drive More show to keep you entertained. Yeah, awesome. And, um, yeah, so yeah, thank you for joining us. Yeah, remember, 8 pm next Wednesday will be on. And Nicholas said, Paul's an absolute legend, always there when you need him. That's yeah, it's always true, can't be anywhere without Paul here. So, um, yeah, remember to watch 8 pm on Facebook. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter pretty litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness it's the world's smartest kitty litter Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market next Wednesday or at your convenience on iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts by the sounds of things. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Thanks again for joining me, Richie and Paul, and good night, everyone. Cheers, guys.